So I'll just stand up on the chair when I say something. I'll just turn the lights off and make it, ooh, it's story time, right? And I, um, I'll grab a glass of water and pour it for like a little, like anything. I'll grab a tape measure and measure the heavens. Like, it's just so easy to like think about it on the fly. And there's so many of them are bad. But what it does is it is if you look back on it, it creates a culture of like really fun, adventurous, spontaneous, kind of like all of life as a classroom. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things, and maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. How's it going, guys? I'm Jeff, and that is not Alyssa. If you're watching on YouTube, she's not in that chair. That's why the camera's not even over there. Uh, guys, if you're listening on audio, <clears throat> today is a weird episode because I think this might be the first one. No, I've done solo episodes in the past. I've never done solo episodes though where Alyssa is here and she's just in the other room laying down, maybe just napping, watching Carly Jean's Insta stories or reading a book. Let me give you a couple of quick background. So here's the, here's the, here's the thing, guys. You know, we rarely skip episodes. We kind of give ourselves, I, I randomly make up the number of like five weeks a year that I feel like we can just kind of like, you know, take an off week or something, five to six weeks on the podcast. I don't know if you've noticed that, but that's like the magic number I've told in my head. Um, and Alyssa, this today was like, hey, let's let's use one of those, you know, and she was kind of saying, I'm just kind of tired, the kids and dinner and stuff, you know, those days that just kind of hit you. And by the end of the day, you're not there. And if you don't know, we record all of our podcast episodes, you know, around 7 p.m., 6.45, once we put the kids down to bed. Now she just said, you know, let's just call it audible. Let's call it this week. Let's, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, rain check it. And I said, you know what? That's fine. I actually, I actually agree. Yeah. You want, I totally want to serve you in that. But I said, you know what? The people, the people still need the real life podcast. I just have a sense that the people need some encouragement this week. Okay. Um, and so it's just me. And I said, what would it look like if I just hop in here now? There's a very good possibility that it would have actually been better to just skip this week than you guys get me talking for 30 minutes. And we will see at the end of the episode. That might be the truth. That might just be the truth. You guys are going to have to let me know. You guys are going to literally have to let me know. Say, Jeff, that was so bad. Next time, just skip. Next time, just skip. Now, I'll receive that. I'll receive that. I'm going to eat on the Enneagram. I can take hard words. I can give hard words. <laughs> okay. So I thought for this episode, what we would do is something kind of fun. Now, um, well, not fun, but like I had some topics I did have planned for mine and Alyssa's conversation, but I actually want to save those with her perspective and stuff. So I'm going to save those for the future weeks. But there is a Q&A we did a little bit ago on like just like um, kind of uh, challenges people are facing with just like how this COVID stuff is disrupting their life, whether it's families, whether it's single people, I think, you know, all that, whether it's just disrupting all of our lives. And we got hundreds of comments and questions, but we only had like time to answer like three so I said, you know what? We're still in this season. Let's let's see if I can just maybe, you know, speak to a couple of this. So let, let's call this the Ask Not Dr. Jeff show. And what I mean that is like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I'm not specialized by any means. So at some level, you should just pause this and move on and find someone better, smarter, wiser. But if you got 25 minutes to give and you want to hear my perspective on some of these things, then I guess we'll go after it. Okay. Let me, there was one I had. And then of course, 
I lost it. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. Um, oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, no, this is a good one. So a single person wrote this in. My biggest challenge during this season is that I live by myself. And I am feeling super isolated at this time. I work in a hospital and I'm also trying to be cautious, but also want to not become like a hermit. It's really, really hard, man. Well, first of all, let me just say thank you. Working in a hospital, being single and isolated. I mean, I, I, I'm in your corner. We are for you right now. I can just imagine the weight that you're feeling being on that. You know, me and Alyssa have said this whole, you know, pandemic that I think kind of people in the medical field or is this is, is very akin to like front lines work right now. Like this is the front lines, you know what I mean? And so I just want to honor you, encourage you and say, thank you. And, um, yeah, what a gift that, that we have such a infrastructure of so many people, hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions working in hospitals and serving and pouring their lives out for so many of us. So thank you. Um, but man, that's a real thing, you know, uh, isolation. I think a lot of people are even feeling that around people. So I think you can actually feel that, you know, around people, not around people. Um, I mean, like meaning if you have other people in your house or not, but what I would say is that is, that is really tough. What I would say is, you know, there's, cause there's some really good articles out there even too. What was it? The CNN article on like zoom fatigue. I would highly recommend the Kurt Thompson article. So there was a Kurt Thompson article. If you want to know why, you know, like the zooms and all that can't like is actually kind of, um, exacerbating some of our emotional states, go read that. Just search Kurt Thompson, C-U-R-T, Thompson with a P, Thompson, spelled normal. Um, and then just like Zoom or fatigue or something like that. It came out like a month ago. It should on it should be the top search result if you search those search terms. Um, but I would say read that. That was just really encouraging for me to just understand, to give, to give, first of all, give language to how you're feeling. Because I think some people feel like they they're not in a the worst thing that we're taught to do sometimes in the West and even worse in the church is to not be honest about how we feel. Now, emotions are not created, meant to dominate us and they're not meant to overpower us and God always meets us in them, but we have to at least start with being honest how we feel. And so I would say, be honest with that and not just be honest with you and honest with the Lord, but does anyone else know how you're feeling, right? I mean, what a what a disservice to ourselves if we, if no one that we're close enough is let in to even know that we're isolated, right? Like, does it, have you even told anyone, man, this is really difficult for me. My heart hurts every day just because I feel lonely. I miss people. I miss hugs. Tell people that, you know, and, and, and speak that there's something about that where the human connection is meant to, to, to be vulnerable and to lean into that. Then another thing I would say is, yeah, this, this isn't forever, but I wonder, is there some practices that you can implement to try to really force and mitigate against isolation and loneliness, right? Now, of course, the best possible scenario is, you know, inhuman person, you know, at a table connection. But man, there's something about like, I do think there's different ranks. There's something like, like about like hour long phone calls with people that you genuinely love and care about when you're not doing anything else on your phone, you're not looking at emails, whatever, that that does feel really rich and special. So man, can you say, okay, once a week, I'm going to call someone, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to set up a call. Um, I'm going to encourage someone. I'm going to, you know, shoot out a text. You know, one thing you could do too is maybe every morning, 
maybe every morning, what would it look like? Cause there's something too, when we give our, our love and our presence to other people that it does actually come back around to us and joy. So we always think that, man, can I just have someone so I can take from them? But there's something about too, when you give your presence that it almost comes back around to give you what you were looking for. So what I mean by that is, man, what if maybe every day you set a little reminder on your phone that's, you know, um, I'm going to text one person within the first hour of every day, just something I'm thankful for about them. And one thing I really appreciate or see in them, you know, and then I'm thinking of them. And I bet if you do that every single day, I wonder if the way they respond and just the organic connections after that would cause little moments of, man, I am not alone. I have people who love me, who care about me. I might not be with them right now, but I have those people. Um, that's a really, really good one though. And a really hard one. And I do appreciate you asking that. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Sorry. Um, I had a couple Snickers before this, like those little candy-sized bite ones from Kinsley's birthday, and woo, did something to my throat. Hopefully, I can get through this podcast. Lord have mercy. Um, ah, here's a good one. Okay, another question is. Oh, but first, I just want to say thank you for that question, though, and I hope that was helpful. I hope that was encouraging. Um, yeah, but I will, I, I will be praying for you too, because I know that's not, not easy. Um by any means. And I actually think the kind of the mental health crisis, the loneliness crisis is one of the biggest um, collateral damages of this crisis for sure. And it's really tragic. And I think the church needs to step in that gap. If you're in any form of leadership, you should be deploying and using your entire life right now to give human connection to people. That's what everyone's craving and dying for right now. And how can you step into that gap? Hey guys, I want to take a quick break to talk about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Laurel Springs. You know, they're a new sponsor on this show. And as you know, if you've listened to the Real Life Podcast, you know we have unique opinions on education, to say the least. Um, and so we want to give a various amount of options that we think are great solutions. Laurel Springs is one of those. Now, if you don't know, Laurel Springs is basically a fully accredited private online school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. So you can kind of fully integrate your life and your goals and your mission as a family together with the online learning of your kids. They offer challenging academic programs that honor each child's individual learning style and educational needs. Now, you can register your child at laurelsprings.com slash real life. Again, that's laurelsprings.com slash real life. And you get a, and you receive a waived registration fee when you do that at that link. Um, now, we're parents, and so we're always thinking about how we can serve our kids and their educational needs. I think Laurel Springs is a great, great option. What we love about them specifically is the flexible schedule, the academic perspective, um, and some other things. And again, they're accredited. It's an online private school for students, kindergarten through 12th grade. It's amazing, and I love because their mission is that they recognize each child is unique individual with their own interests, talents, and learning style. It's amazing. So again, check them out, laurelsprings.com slash real life. Receive a waived registration fee today. Oh, and Laurel Springs is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Okay, um, let me see here. I'm trying to read through some of your guys's. I mean, there was like 300 of them and I'm just doing this on the fly. Give me grace, guys. This is like, this is definitely a D-level show, but I hope you're here for it. I hope you're here for it, okay? Alyssa makes it an A show. I make it a D or a C show, but I appreciate you guys that are being here. Um, someone said lack of stability in schedule and of doing productive, fun things and or getting good material for a study rhythm. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good question. You know, you guys talk a lot, a lot about that, of how to 
stay productive, how to do all these different types of things. One thing that we've talked about a lot and in a million different ways, but I'll try to always spin it a little different. So hopefully it gives something fresh is I do think COVID is the best Petri dish environment for us to um, optimize our ideal week. Don't try to live your best day. Don't try to live your best year. Only try to live your best week. I do think we're created for that. That's the best version. It's just long enough and just short enough. You have the work and the rest rhythm in there. It's powerful. It's special. Live your ideal week and then repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. You can't. I was thinking about this today. You know, most of us only become who we become because of things we do over and over again that are mundane and almost never because of huge, powerful, insane moments. Now, huge, powerful, insane moments impact us, but like who we become, like what we're like, our character, our virtue, just the little, you know, intangible natures of our personality, um, how we are disciplined, how we are focused, how we love other people. That almost never is default habitual patterns in our lives based on some huge moment that shifted that for us. What it was is we are the person we are today is because of the last five years of mundane habits we didn't even pay attention to. Um, that's just the truth. But yet so many of us spend so much time on the big impactful moments and no time on cultivating, crafting, very specific, focused, mundane, micro ritualistic habits. So, and that's the power of the week. The week gives you that small bite-sized moments over seven days that will form you into the person you want to be, pointed towards the person you want to be. So I would say that is if you're having trouble with all this stuff, then then get out a piece of paper, write out a seven-day week and write out your ideal week. Now, don't write it out in the sense of even one of the words you use, productivity. That's fine at some level, but be a little bit more philosophical, be a little bit more story-driven. Um, a little bit higher up, higher up above it. Look down on yourself, you know, almost like you're detached and say, what kind of person do I want to be in a week? Do I want to be a person who, you know, loves my wife, loves the kids? Do I want to be a person who is compassionate? Do I want to be a person who rhythmically serves others? Do I want to be a person who works out? Do I want to be a person who's disciplined and focused? Do I want to be a person who's creative? Kind of, kind of think from that perspective and then start putting in little things like that. Now don't overshoot, right? We all know that if you overshoot, but kind of, what I would say is actually, you know, ask those questions, but then actually put the week you do actually live. Okay. What do like, you know, be, do the, do the non Instagram, you know, week of this is the week I actually live. <clears throat> then pick one area in that week for the next week that you're going to work on or change. If you try to change it all, it won't work. But what's really fun and it almost feels like a game is if you pick one thing. Okay. Next week, I waste 30 minutes usually around lunchtime, you know, just getting on my phone, wasting my time when I should be writing. I'm just going to attack that. I'm going to set up a little strategy. I'm going to make sure my phone is in a different room at 12 p.m. every day. You kind of work backwards, right? So I think that would be a really, really helpful tip is how can you do that? How can you set up your ideal week in a way that makes you feel like that? Now, let me grab my water real quick. High production value here, guys. High production value here. If you're watching on YouTube, you're like, what, what is this guy doing? Um, man, when there's no other host here to carry you, Alyssa carries me. Uh, then there's a lot of talking. But I hope that helps. And I wish I would ask for everyone's names in this. I just have everyone's emails. So I think Johanna maybe is your name. Um, thank you for that question. But I hope that helps. Is, is practice your week. Practice, practice, practice. And the cool part is weeks repeat. They're not linear. So it feels like all the pressure's taken off because you're like, oh, start over, start over, start over. Not, 
oh my goodness, we're, we're going, we're going, we're going, and I keep failing, 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 failing. It's like, it's not a line that keeps going forward that you can never go back to. Because that philosophy of how you view time also really matters. A lot of people view time as like, oh my goodness, every day is another day where I cannot go back, right? Which is why we're also obsessed with bucket lists in our culture, but not, you know, we don't do almost any rhythmic ritualistic formation in a weekly way um, because just, that shows where our values are. So, um, okay. This is a good one. Someone said, I don't know kind of how to have activities with my toddler, specifically Bible-based and otherwise, or just like kind of, I'm guessing, you know, more needs for that in the COVID stuff. One thing I would say there, you know, is man, I don't, how do I even explain this without, I want to make sure I'm still giving it, making it really practical. One thing that really helped us probably three years ago is just literally just do whatever comes to your mind. Like I think the, one of the best ways specifically with kind of scripture and what you're thinking about, it's just, it's just whatever is on your mind. Like, are you thinking about this or that, or this verse or that, just throw the spaghetti against the wall. So many times we have to curate it and get the supplies and no, like there's so many times where I just literally am at the dinner, probably almost half of the dinner. So every other day, at least I just literally have a thought. And then within five seconds, I try to just think about, can I just make it well, rather than just being a sermon, can I just think of any way to make this more like break the script is the kind of a phrase that psychologists use where it just, where it just like is more different and noticeable or, you know, so I'll just stand up on the chair when I say something, I'll just turn the lights off and make it, Ooh, it's story time. Right. And I, um, I'll grab a glass of water and pour it for like a little, like anything. I'll grab a tape measure and measure the heavens. Like it's just so easy to like, think about it on the fly. And there's so many of them are bad. But what it does is it is if you look back on it, it creates a culture of like really fun, adventurous, spontaneous, kind of like all of life is a classroom. All of life is like a learning, interactive, fun, adventurous space, if that makes sense. And that's the culture you want to create in your home, not the like, we only do very rigid, specific activities that are this, 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 and this, right? Now, of course, you still have to have, like, you know, we block schedule and we have things for the kids to do with read aloud time, read aloud time and this time and quiet time and all that. So that's a little different. Um, we, you need to kind of do all of it or both of it, I think is helpful is what I'm trying to say. But, um, but yeah, but I would say first start with just really low pressure and just like make your house fun. I think that's, that's a lot of times... <clears throat> I think that's a lot of times where a lot of parents I see miss is they're, they, they kind of get so one track minded that the house isn't that fun, but they're fun. Like they are fun. It's in their heart. It's in their mind. They are fun, but it just, it's not like unleashed. Do you know what I mean? And so I would say just unleash it. And the way to unleash that is kind of like where there's no barrier of entry. There's no friction. It's just like at this, we have a goofy fun house and I just say what comes to my mind and I just pick up stuff and we use it and we tell stories and we get on the floor and we wrestle and we dance and we run around and all that type of stuff. So I would say that. And then if you want to get more specific, I would say, um, yeah, one really easy way to really do that too, that we try is anything in the Bible. Like there's the Bible is just chock full of like just metaphors, right? Word pictures, analogies, imageries. And so what I would say is just anytime you read one of those, maybe in the morning or something, just think about like, oh, how can I kind of chew this steak up into smaller bite-sized pieces and give it to, you know, the kids? Now that kind of sounded gross because it just said you're regurgitating food. I mean, how can I cut this steak up and give it to the kids in smaller ways, right? Um, you know, and, and, and every single word picture analogy is so 
easy to just like grab that word picture. Is it something about water? Is it something about parenting? Is it something about measuring? Is it something about a rock? All those things are easily just like, I go in my front yard, I grab a rock. I go to the sink, I get water. Like it's so easy to just take that and just make it a little bit more illustrative, couple minutes throughout the day. And the one thing I would say too, especially if it's toddlers, you know, look for more, look for a lot more opportunities to do something for two minutes then less opportunities to do like a sermon for an hour, if that makes sense. I think just always be teaching, always be saying, hey, did you notice that? Hey, what's that? Hey, that's interesting. Hey, that's intriguing. And create that culture of like um, making the home interesting where you kind of chase down ideas, you're intrigued by things and you're always learning. So I would say that. And then, yeah, and then activities, I think, um, you know, you know, I, mean, I can't, I don't want to like pontificate because we don't, I don't know any activities that are just like the right way to do things. But in our house, we do a lot of crafts. Uh, you know, and so we set up stations with a lot of that, you know, which is a lot of construction paper and scissors and color pencils and markers for the kids. Um, and we kind of send them there a lot, a lot of Lego building, um, a lot of outside, just get outside, just go. We, we've so believed there's been so many times, million times in our family. We're just like, the kids are breaking down a little bit. It's tough, whatever. We just get outside. Everyone's happy. Everyone, all of a sudden tags happening. Like, it's just, you know, it's funny. It's like, I don't feel like tantrums even make it outside. You can be having a tantrum or something like you start going outside and it just changes, you know, not all the time, but it's just, there's something magical about just get outside, you know, even if you're in Siberia, you know, put on a coat and get outside. So I would say that, um, is another one. Hey guys, I want to tell you about another sponsor this week, and that is Zola. You guys know we love Zola. They're amazing. They've sponsored us for years now at this point, and we love partnering with them. Now, if you don't know, there's a million choices to make when you're planning a wedding, and I mean, a million things you haven't even thought of, and Zola helps you out. They've over they've helped over a million couples get married uh, in regards to helping them with tools, helping them plan their wedding with things like wedding websites, registry, invites, and handy guest list managers all in one place. So they are amazing. If you don't know, they have hundreds of gorgeous designs for every style for websites. It's easy to create your own site in minutes, and you can even add a custom URL, not to mention their registry is an amazing, awesome, easy to use and flexible tool. That is incredible, um, and we absolutely love them. We wish that we would have known about them when we got married eight years ago because they are that awesome, but they are really great. And also, Zola will help you collect addresses and track online RSVPs with their free guest list manager, and they'll even address your envelopes for free. Yes, please. <laughs> so they want to hook you guys up. Go to Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com slash real life today and use the promo code save 50 to get 50% off your save the dates. You can also get a free personalized paper samples before you purchase, or you can click, click the link in the show notes. Okay. Let's maybe take one or two guys. I feel like I'm totally just rambling to like an empty room, which I am. I am literally rambling to an empty room. This is an empty room. I'm in it. I'm talking to no one, but I hope it's encouraging. And like I said, as long as I'm reaching D level, maybe C minus C, then I'm passing. Okay. As long as you can give me that grade, I feel okay about it. I don't know about you guys, but my philosophy in college, it reminds me was C's get degrees, probably not the best in regards to honoring the Lord and excellence, but I was still young on my journey, <laughs> but C's do get degrees and that's why I got a degree. Okay. Um, let's see here. Here's another one. Oh, okay. We got, man, so many good ones. Sorry guys. I'm trying to read them here on the fly. Oh my goodness. Some of you guys wrote some really long ones too. So I want to make sure I'm catching. We are so, 
Oh, this is a good one. We are so used to moving about and being consumers in society that truly being in our small home together without an escape has challenged us. Totally understand that. Totally understand that. I appreciate your perspective and appreciate you saying that and kind of um, naming that because I think a lot of people are feeling that right now. Um, ourselves included kind of cooped up, right? Is the phrase a lot of people use now. I, but what I do love is how you phrase that is you framed it against, or you, you framed it as almost the, the reason it is like that is because we are so conditioned to get outside for entertainment, busyness. And the word you use was consuming. I loved how you framed that question or framed that comment, because I think you're right. I think I don't think there's any such thing personally as kind of like being cooped up in the house or like, you know, wanting to like the home should not be a place that you, when you're there too long, instantly just feel like you need to get out of. Right. Most people don't even, cause you know, what's funny is a lot of people don't do that with work. A lot of people don't do that with the YMCA when they play basketball. Like there's a lot of other, like there's a lot of places, a lot of zones in people's lives where they don't feel like they're just itching to get away from it the minute they get there. Right. But yet we feel that about home, which is fascinating because couldn't, shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't that be the place where we're the safest, where we want to stay the longest, where we never want to leave? But I think you're right though. Like there is something, there's something built into our society where we want to just escape the home. But I think you're right. It's because home is where we're most truly known. It's really difficult. Um, it's, the, it's the place where there's sometimes the most friction because it's the people we know, the people that know us the best. Um, and, and I'm talking only normal level of friction. One of the saddest parts of this pa pandemic is if you guys have seen the rise in domestic violence, child abuse, stuff like that, which is just horrific. And that, like, guys, there's so many complex cascading problems to this pandemic that is like my, like my heart just hurts the more I think about it and read about just the, the cascading avalanche of everything affected by COVID. Um, that being multiple of them, that's just grievous, man, of like, man. Um, that that's one thing I'm excited for with the world to get back to normal for those, for people to be able to escape unsafe places and leave unsafe places. Um, and that's just terrible. But it, so I, I'm speaking more to the normal side of this, right? Um, the more we're just like, you know, things are fine and healthy, but it's just difficult to be home, you know, maybe with kids and spouse. So what I would say is lean into the difficulty with that, meaning like lean into that feeling of escape. Why do I want to escape this place? Drill that down and chase that question down till the end of this pandemic. Why do I want to leave? Now, don't just fall. I would argue, don't just do the classic ill with my personality. I just kind of need to get out and about. Now at some level, sure, like go for a walk. Maybe you want to go see friends. That's different. But like really, really hunt the hunt it down. Okay, do every time I leave, is it to go buy something? Every time when I leave, is it to, you know, get away from, uh, you know, I just, home's hard in the sense of just like, not hard in the sense of anything that anyone's doing wrong, but just like, you know, flesh and just like, you know, serving and loving and it's hard to be married and kids and build a home. I think that's, I just think there's something really here. And I loved how you put that, that I think you're right. We are so conditioned to consume that when we don't have, when we're not able to go out and consume, it's almost like we're being starved, right? At some level to keep going with the, the, the word picture. And we don't like that, right? We don't like that. But I do think like me and Alyssa did a podcast a couple weeks ago. I think, I think this pandemic is God's call for our hearts to return home. And that's what it means for our hearts to return home where you're not itching to leave it. You're not itching to leave it, that this is the place 
where I feel most seen. This is the place I feel most known. This is the place I feel most loved. Now, of course, I'm not conflating that with like saying never leave, never leave the walls. I'm not saying that. I hope everyone knows what I'm saying. That you know like that you're, that this, you're, you're, you're at ease here. And yes, you can go to the grocery store. Yes, you can go see friends. Yes, you can go out. Um, but you're at ease here. You know, is it a size issue, right? Is it like, you know, sometimes square footage of homes. We, you know, we think like small home, it's challenging. I mean, it, maybe it's with in-laws, like maybe parent, like that stuff is, is real. That stuff's real. That stuff affects us. But can we lean into the question in just a deeper layer, I guess, um, that maybe can grow us in this time, that we can come out of this less consumeristic, that we can come out of this less hedonistic, that we can come out of this more at ease, more at peace with our heart having returned home where everything then when we, when life goes back to normal, everything outside of the home is part of our identity and vocation, but it is not our identity is not our truest self. Our truest self is that when I'm home, my heart is home and that is where I belong. Basically, that, that's another way to put it is, you know, where home is or, you know, where if it's is, where do you feel like you most belong, Right. And sometimes some of us feel like we most belong when we're consuming stuff or purchasing things or another American cousin of consumerism is being entertained. That's another one. Being entertained. Do we just, are we so addicted to stimulation and entertainment that home's too boring for us? You know? Um, and like I've talked about in Hell with the Hustle, you know, I have a whole riff on boring there and I think we should actually chase boring. Boring's holy. Boring's beautiful. Boring's amazing. But I wonder if that's something there too, you know? And so... That's just what I would encourage you with is, is there, can this be the time where, because here's the thing, things that patterns of like your psychology patterns of your behavior patterns of your formation that have been built over five, 10, 20, 40 years will not go away in four days. Something you've took years to build does not take days to tear down or rebuild is another way to put it. Sometimes it does take days to change, like to say, yes, I'm going to tear it down, but it takes years to rebuild it. So here's another way to put it. You know, what takes years to be formed into takes years to be reformed out of. And so I would just say that's true of this. So give yourself grace, right? And let this season be that. Let this season be, man, how can I create rituals? How can I create, you know, bells or kind of like triggers, good triggers, in the home, in our marriage that actually call me home, bring me here, give me a space of belonging um, where I don't feel like I want to run from my spouse to go shop or to go to the store or to escape um, or to, or, or maybe escapism is the philosophy too. Like so many of us escapism is like our highest ideal, right? That we don't want, we want to run from things that are difficult, running things that are hard. When a lot of times we know the people that are most beautiful, the people that are, you know, uh, just leak Jesus, the people that are rich and dense and beautiful with meaning and life and vitality and Holy Spirit power are the people who have leaned into kind of like difficulty and growth and their own sin and their own proclivities, you know, in a way that they are so reformed and sanctified in the image of Jesus that it just whew, radiates, right? So I love, man, again, I didn't put the names on the columns here, so I don't know your name, but I loved how you put that. And I think basically your answer to the question is almost in your question of how you talked about, you kind of, you know, uh, what is that? Like a leading question? I don't know, further got the phrase, but um, that, yeah, that what we're used to, this is a big adjustment from an entertainment consumeristic standpoint that then becomes challenging um, 
for us to be at home in certain ways, single or married with a family, et cetera. But I think leaning into that question, not just running away from it and trying to find those consumeristic things in other avenues. Oh, okay, well then I'll just Amazon more or I'll just go digital more or I'll just watch more YouTube videos, right? To really lean into why why do I do this? Why am I formed in this way? Why is my behavior like this way? What, what am I trying to achieve and get? Because we're such story, ritualistic, liturgical creatures. We're craving and searching something with all this. We're chasing a certain story. We're chasing a certain satisfaction. So um, that's a great question. But I think we'll end on that one just because I, I love that one. I thought that was so good and I thought a good one to end. And as usual, the timer is showing me about 27, 30-ish minutes. And that's what we try to keep the episodes within. So guys, this was random. This is a weird episode. I have no idea if you guys think this is just horrendous or not. Thanks for the grace um, by tuning in. And like I said, C's get degrees. And I am your C for your degree. <laughs> I'm ridiculous. And Alyssa will be back next week. All right. Love you guys. See you then.